0: Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic
0: Hits. I know we, we've covered it a lot this week, and I, I'm aware of that, but I think it deserves it, and I think it needs it. Um, and we're talking, of course, about the mother and baby homes. And tonight, if you've been watching the news, and I know Hall Martin uh, gave a state address today in a press, uh, press conference, And a state apology is due tomorrow um, and redress and access to the birth information that should have been given to survivors of mother and baby homes many, many years ago. But a grim picture of a cold and callous Ireland that damaged the lives of tens of thousands of people by consigning them to institution emerges from the report of the commission of the mother and baby homes today. It found that mothers and babies suffered material and emotional deprivation in these institutions where infant mortality was sometimes rampant and women felt they had no choice but to give up their own children for adoption. And the huge report, which runs to something like 3,000 pages, is a scathing indictment, not just of the institutions it examined over a period of five years, but of society, which somewhat I don't accept. And I'm going to come back to that in a few minutes. Indeed the report is principally a condemnation of that society it's rigid, its rigid rules conventions about sexual matters its savage intolerance its harsh judgmentalism and its unchristian cruelty these i suppose those seeking to deflect blame uh, from the people and families that made up irish society onto the religious orders who ran some of the homes will find little encouragement reading these 3000 pages if you think for one minute when you look through the report that they're going to say the Catholic Church were responsible or the government were responsible, you're sadly mistaken because that's not what they're doing. I, What I read through, I didn't read through it all, I'll be honest with you. It's quite a, bit, a long read and I little bit more time to read the whole thing. But I suppose the most, most important parts of it, some of the highlights of it, um, it seems to deflect completely from the state of the Catholic Church and blames society as a whole. And then we have to look at who is responsible for society. And let me give I gave an analogy to a reporter earlier on today. And let's say, for example, I walked into a shop tomorrow with no mask on during the pandemic. And somebody came over to me and says, Put that mask on your face now you're gonna kill everybody. How dare you? I shouldn't blame that person who told me to put the mask on. I should blame the government. If I, if I was that way inclined, don't get me wrong, I would always wear a mask going into a shop. But if I was that way inclined, I shouldn't blame that person. Because the government, through RT News, through everything else, have told that person <clears throat> that the best way to live is to wear a mask when you go into a shop, not to endanger the lives of others. So that person has been socially conditioned to do that. Just like the mothers of these young girls who got pregnant, and the fathers of these young girls, and society at large we socially conditioned by the Catholic Church to think that if you got pregnant and you weren't married and you were single, particularly if you were single and particularly if you lived in rural Ireland in a smaller village where everybody knew everybody, you did not have that baby out of wedlock. You gave that baby away to a happy married couple. That wasn't your baby. That's not one of God's babies. That's the way you were socially conditioned. So it's easy for us to turn around and say we blame the parents You know, who said, I don't want no daughter of mine having a baby at 17 or 18 years of age. You know, hide when you're pregnant and all that kind of thing. And it is easy. And and yes, it seems quite callous. You would never turn your back, particularly looking to our lenses now, our 2021 lenses. You would never look back in the 1960s and 70s and say, God, I would have never done that. You would have probably done it because that was Catholic Ireland. And the church ruled with an iron fist. That was the way it worked. And the church were more powerful than the state. They were more powerful than the media. Nobody dared to question the church. Ungarda Shia would never investigate, would never walk into either of these mother and baby homes and find out why the mortality rate was so high, find out where women being abused and children being abused. The guards wouldn't do that because that was above their station. Many guards, many reports were made to Ungarda Shia Khan at the time by people or citizens who believed something was wrong but the guards would go, oh no, let them out of the nuns know what they're doing. Boy, holy God. All that kind of stuff. Because the church was so powerful. And I described today that a story was going to be run in, I think it was the Irish press at the time, or it could have been the Independent, which would have been the Herald. Um, and three bishops, including McQuaid, walked to Abbey Street and literally stopped the front page of the newspaper. Stopped the press, as they say, because they had that much power. Not anymore, thankfully, the church don't have that kind of hold over the country anymore. And that's no disrespect to people who are Christians, by the way, and people who are Catholics. Your your religion has nothing to do with the individuals who ran that religion. The other criticism I would have, I have a lot of criticisms, I'm going to go through them all in a few minutes ago, of the report is, they talk about misogyny, and they, they talk about misogyny quite a lot. And I would accept that it was a world mainly run by men. The priests were men, most of the government were men. Yes, it was a world run by men. But women ultimately as well carried out those instructions. So we had nuns and we had lay women working in these institutions. They didn't have to do that either. So I blame everybody, men and women. And I blame society as well who looked at it and did nothing about it. So everybody is to blame to some degree. But the main blame must go to the state. Because the state enabled the Catholic Church by not governing the country. Now, There's a lot in it. I'm going to go through it all in a few minutes, but I want to talk, and I want to hear your response, by the way, to the report. I want to get, you know, I want to find out what you think because they go on to say that uh, this wasn't a commission of inquiry to obtain the truth. It was a commission to bury the truth forever. And this is according to the Irish First Mothers Group They release a statement condemning the report. They say, they state that the official inquiry into the mother and baby homes has absolved both the church and the state of any systemic responsibility for what it admits is the effective Incarceration of Pregnant Mothers. And that comes uh, from Irish First Mothers, and Fintan Dunn joins me on the line. Fintan, good evening to you. How are you?
2: Good evening, Niall. It's great to talk to you. And the last time I spoke to you was with our co-founder of Irish First Mothers, Cathy McMahon, who founded the group before Tum came to public notice. I remember that. I do remember that.
0: Indeed. I mean, and, Fintan, uh, I, I mean, look, yeah. there, there was leaked bits and pieces of this report. Probably that shouldn't have happened because that certainly upset the trust of the survivors groups and the government. But either way, it happened on Sunday. There was already leak bits. We kind of knew what was going to be, some of what was going to be in it. But I, I'm assuming you didn't get to read all 3,000 pages of it yet. But you, you got the general gist of what's in the report today. And you heard what uh, Michal Martin had to say and what the Minister for Children had to say and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So what is your general feeling on it?
2: Well, I can tell you that the the mothers in in Irish First Mothers are outraged. They're they're shocked that it's as bad as it is. This report, and uh, you know, I'd like to straight away give the lie to this idea that church and state were not responsible. And I'd like to do so by quoting the words of Paddy Cooney, a minister for justice at the time in the Gael government, at the first ever. Irish Adoption Workers Conference in 1974, Ireland had come on, we now have had a lot of adoption workers, and they were having their first ever conference, and he said to them, I think we're all agreed, he told them, that the consensus opinion in our society is to the effect that adoption is better for the illegitimate baby mm-hmm. than to be cared for by its mother. And I say that his statement was an exhortation to them to go out and impose that Fine Gael policy on the country. And any mother who cared to stand up to that policy was disagreeing with the Minister for Justice, who thought that she was not the best
0: person to raise her own child. So that's the reality of
2: state involvement
0: in this. I, I mean, and by the way, coincidentally, the report mentioned today... And it did a comparison between an unmarried mother. And by the way, I, I'm uncomfortable with the word unmarried mother. It's a, it's a term that we don't use anymore. But anyway, but they use it throughout the report. But they, they said that they compared an unmarried mother who went to a state institution and was paid a, a, a small monetary amount and a, a mother, an unmarried mother who didn't, who may have had some sort of support system or, or parent, more understanding parents at the time, maybe a more understanding parish at the time. And who went on to have her baby. And they said from that point of view, it would be unfair if that person didn't receive any abuse, obviously, or anything like that. It would be unfair to discriminate against the person who didn't go to the home. In other words, that they would say that they would have to compensate every unmarried mother you know, who didn't receive state support at the time. Do, do you get what I'm saying? And, and I thought that comparison was a strange comparison to make because there were two completely different instances. I mean, the idea that they said there was no evidence, for example, of systematic abuse, no evidence of systematic forced adoptions. Children were twice as likely to die in the mother of baby homes. Now, those figures fluctuate quite across from 1920 right up to 1998, depending on what year. As you got closer to 1998, obviously mortality rates dropped a little bit because they were treated a little bit better. Not perfectly, obviously, but uh, and let, let's just do one thing. And by the way, before I go any further, by the way, I do want to mention, by the way, uh, as well. And, I, and I, I think you were probably going to say it there as well, that you were going to talk about Cathy, Cathy uh, McMahon. Um, and sadly, Cathy, mm-hmm. uh, she worked tirelessly, but she passed away recently. And I know she, Cathy did. And, I, I do, and my condolences to you, Vincent. And I do apologise for not letting you say that. I think I cut you a little bit short when you were going to say that, Vincent.
2: Yeah, well, you know, uh, I think Cathy would. I'm, I'm expressing her views because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, was married to the woman, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's just. When did, she, when did she express, pass? Away,
0: when did she pass away? She passed
2: away in 2018, and and she was uh, in Geneva, and she went, visited the United Nations. She was keen to see the Irish government face up to its responsibilities to genocide charges, but rather than genocide, what we got from the report is, let me quote this: the Commission wishes to make clear that many probably most former residents are managing their lives very well. I saw
0: that bit. it
2: should not be assumed they're in need of dedicated state support. Now, can I compare that with an email I got in from such a mother in the last week where this person says, I have daily flashbacks to Dunboyne and my baby been taken from me. Daily, nightly, at all times, the memories just keep coming into my head. They took my baby from the nursery without telling me. When I went to look for her, she was gone. I was back in school a week later, shamed, silenced, changed. I sat my leaving cert. I don't know how. I suffered anorexia and bulimia over the next 10 years. I was suicidal for years. I'm 55 years old now, and I'm still crying. I'll never get over them taking my baby. The loss is with me every moment of every day and night. They just took her. She was gone. I loved her so much. The pain is a physical pain in the chest and the stomach. The commission says most former residents are managing their lives very well, and it should not be assumed that. Now, I know they got testimony like that from that woman, from others who were in there who suffered these lifelong traumas as a result of what they went through. But in the mind of the commission, no the mothers didn't suffer such trauma unless they were physically beaten or starved well see isn't this this
0: the strangest thing when we talk about domestic violence we only brought in legislation two years ago about coercive control and about emotional uh, abuse etc etc all to be considered domestic violence and yet when this report states that there's no evidence of systematic abuse so literally unless they were physically beaten it wasn't classed as abuse the very idea that you would bring a young girl who we spoke to today for example who was 16 who went to Dunboyne and was brought there by a nun she met outside the Gresham Hotel and into this dark, dingy place and horrible place and treated like you know. Well, she said, in fairness, she wasn't physically abused, but she was sixteen and forced to sign a consent form that you know um, that she was it wasn't informed consent because she had no idea what she was signing. Her baby was taken away from her, but the very idea that you wouldn't call that abuse or you wouldn't refer to that abuse just because she wasn't beaten. There, she was up at five o'clock in the morning. And she was cleaning the stairs. She was doing her work and all the rest of it. But just because she wasn't beaten, that's not abuse. That's traumatic. That's That's something she... And she cried her eyes out today because she she lost her daughter, obviously. her she gave her daughter up for adoption.
2: But this is the fantasy they have to cling to in this mindset which the judge seems to share, which is that, no, most women gave up their babies consensually. But nevertheless, the courts disagree because they say the true test, and I'm quoting the um, Irish courts here, is whether in the circumstances which prevail at the time, she makes her decision at the time she makes her decision. That decision reflects her will or the will of someone else. That's the bottom line as far as the courts in Ireland were concerned. Is a person who consents expressing their own will or the will of someone else? Well, it was, it was of clearly them, the coercion. will. Of the,
0: I mean, it is coercion. They were yeah. coerced into signing this. And let's be clear, you know, and I, and I don't want to be disrespectful to those women. But many of these women wouldn't have been highly educated women. They weren't academics. They weren't highly educated women. They came from normal working class backgrounds. And they wouldn't have known what they were signing. When I say they wouldn't have known, they felt they had no other choice. Because as they described to me today and yesterday when we talked about it, my gosh, I got very upset yesterday talking to one or two of those women because obviously being born in a mother and baby home myself, I I can only imagine what it must have been like for them. But they described this feeling of they weren't allowed to bring home their baby. They had to walk out of that place without a baby and that was the end. That was, there, was no, there was no way out of that for them. So they felt they had to sign it.
2: Yeah, and, and furthermore, I mean, to add insult to injury, it just goes on with this report. The report also speaks about the rights of adopted people to have access to information and thinks that there is a right there. It makes no mention whatsoever of the rights of mothers to try and trace the infants separated from them. Not even a mention. Not even to rule it out. It doesn't mention it at all. Such a right does not exist in this mindset. Mothers are individuals who cower off in the darkness somewhere, hoping that they'll never be traced. This is a myth. The reality is the exact reverse. Mothers hoping and praying that sometime they will reconnect. And and to be clear, there
0: there may be mothers out there who don't want to reconnect, and that's fine, that's their choice, right? And I
2: respect that, and I respect Mm. their right, and we all respect their right, but they are a minority and a small
0: Mm. minority at that I would agree with you, because any of the mothers I've spoken to on the phone, they all dearly want to meet or find out, Mm. if they haven't already done so, they all want to find out. You know where their baby is, who's now thirty six or forty or fifty years of age. They want to find them, and in the report as well, it mentions that it was illegal, for example, for them to put adoptive parents' names on birth certs. Which, by the way, I had a short form birth cert with my new parents' names on it. That was essentially illegal. It was also against a breach of human rights uh, to put the word illegitimate, which I actually put up on Twitter yesterday. The little document that I got uh, where I was born, and it has illegitimate written on it. That was also illegal, um, or when I say illegal, a breach of your human rights uh, as a child. that these women and uh, it had said here about okay the mortality rate now this is something that we need to talk about as well and they talked about the congregation of sacred hearts of jesus and mary who owned and ran bespra and they didn't know where the other children were buried i mean this is you couldn't make this stuff up you just couldn't the, the burials of the children who had died in the three sacred heart homes in bespra castle pollard and sean ross are not recorded at all more importantly there is no certainty about where they're actually buried
2: well, you know, uh, one of our members, Sheila Hoburn, handed a map to the minister uh, and with, which showed the location of burial grounds on an old map. Uh, the r- reality is that proper ground surveys have not been conducted at all these other homes, and the government has no interest or desire in this. The, the, the fate of these babies is tied into the land value and property development value of the sites upon which they are. That's the reality here.
0: And, and there was one of under, under a heading and it said the report notes that some pregnancies were the result of rape. Some women had mental health problems and had intellectual disability. And what I'm, yeah. what I'm seeing here is under any other circumstance that this was written like this or it was portrayed like this, there would be outrage. That the report is suggesting that obviously that some women had been raped. And we spoke to a woman today who had been by a friend of the family or uh, a father's friend or something like that or something like that and she didn't want to go into too much of that on the air and talk to us but that was the case and they were more concerned about her pregnancy than they were the fact that this poor 15 year old mm-hmm. girl was raped but it says some pregnancy was the result of rape some women had mental health problems and intellectual disabilities that immediately demeans those women who were raped into somehow victim blaming them in other words it wasn't the person's fault for raping them they happened to have mental health problems and intellectual disability and maybe this was the reason and maybe I'm reading into that wrong but it seems to demean the first first Part of the sentence, if you know what I mean.
2: I I just find that a little bit of circumlocution there, maybe because many of those who were raped were 11,
0: 12, 13, 14,
2: and some of those who were being raped were being were at a mental age of seven Mm -hmm. or eight, but were aged 30 and 35 and were on three or four pregnancies. Mm -hmm. And this was not being reported to Garvey, so. But the Gardaí you know, were doing nothing about not it. I But
0: I, I I had to hear stories of Pelletstown or St. Patrick's, as it was better known, of, you know, people who had gone to the Gardaí or people who had worked in there and done some work in there and said, you know, gone over to the Guard station on the Avon Road and said, you know, I think, lads, you should go over there and have a look. There's carry-on going over there that maybe we shouldn't be too proud of. And the guards more or less, you know, threw their heads up and said, well, look, that's the nuns. We leave them to it there now. They know what they're up to. So there was that kind of attitude in society as well, wasn't there?
2: Well, there was, absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, it was the commission's job to show the fullness of what occurred. And they have betrayed the memory of those mentally incapacitated individuals who were the victims of multiple rapes and had these diminished mental capacities. They do not feature because this commission did not go out to investigate anything. It sat on its commissioner ass in a building somewhere and you had to come to them. And if you were a person who was uh, mentally incapacitated in that fashion, you weren't going to be able to do that. So you don't even feature, not even as a memory.
0: Realistically, I think everybody that I've spoken to or anybody who's been involved or born or had a baby in any of these homes in the last uh, six or seven hours that I've spoken to believes this report is not worth the paper it's written on because it doesn't acknowledge what happened. Yes, we have the Taoiseach who said he's going, even though he was asked, would he delay the apology to give people time to, to read it? I mean, it is a long read to go right into it. It's 3,000 pages. And he said uh, he's not going to delay it. Uh, he's going to give the apology tomorrow. But is it acceptable, Fintan, that, you know, we have a Taoiseach at the country who's going to stand on the doll tomorrow and apologise for something that clearly I don't believe the state has an understanding of?
2: Absolutely. I think it would be very ill-advised to give an apology. In the first instance, let's be frank. The government has on prior occasions made it clear that these apologies are moral apologies. They have no legal value and the government is not, repeat, not admitting responsibility when it makes such an apology. So in the light of that and in the light of they, them, them through the report and by accepting this report, maintaining this illusion that we, the mothers consensually gave their children up, that no substantive abuse occurred uh, denying the real abuse of removing the children, no, I think we need. Well, well I mean, <laughs> essentially, what
0: they're saying too. I mean, in the list of the in the draft as well, that they're talking about what they're going to do better. but talk about giving medical cards to people, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, financial wow. assistance and supports uh, services. They are saying we're not giving any money uh, unless somebody has been very badly physically abused and can prove that. That seems to be what they're suggesting, and I, I don't want to be putting words into, pe- into yes, people's. Yes, pretty much is. Yeah,
2: that, yep. that is pretty much it. Because that's, what, that's what that's they serious. say, and I go back to
0: what they said. They're comparing a woman who had a baby in one of these institutions to a woman who is a single mom outside the institution having a baby. And they're saying if we have to financially redress the person in the institution, well, then we must redress those people, the single parents or unmarried mothers outside those institutions who went on to have their babies who didn't get state support at the time. So they, they would have to redress them too. In other words, they're comparing. So there's no reason to do it.
2: Yeah, but that, that's ignoring by, in, by their standards that removal of a child is not an act of a goose. It is an act which inflicts a lifelong trauma, lifelong PTSD, lifelong complex PTSD and other symptoms are the results of such removals. So the government has no, nothing in place six years into this. You see that, that, that email I read to you, Niall, there from that poor woman who's now in her mid-50s and still crying from what happened back before the leaving start. She's still like that. Six years ago, she was like that, and she will be like that, cause Going to counseling is not going to sort that out for her. She needs like a concentration camp survivor needs to meet with other concentration camp survivors. That's what she needs. So they can all know and understand and feel what they went through back in those places. And in that moment of healing with each other through shared experience, there is great healing. This is the work that Cathy did when she was alive. Mm -hmm. And the failure of the government to take that model on board and realise that no, they need to build a community of healing mothers who can help heal others and spread the healing outwards. It cannot come from cold clinical interactions with individuals who have no idea what it was to be in a mother and baby home. Well, When they did did seek
0: to to minimise what they believe was the word abuse, and they used the word abuse, they said in terms of abuse the report states that the commission did not hear any evidence of sexual abuse of child residents, but did hear some evidence, they use the word some uh, cautiously there, uh, of physical abuse, which, while unacceptable, was minor in comparison to the evidence of physical abuse documented in the Ryan Report. And Of course, the Ryan Report in relation to sexual abuse by the clergy. But, well, but, in, but in saying that, you know, when they talk yeah. about it, it was minor. I mean, how can you turn around when I listened to the, the, the documentations of some of these women who were on the show yesterday and today and when I spoke before about this and I had women crying on the air still 30 years later, sobbing yep. their hearts out of the traumatic experience. Okay, they may not have been belted across the head by somebody or hit with a stick or sexually abused, but the traumatic experience they went through of having the most precious thing in their life taken away from them.
2: Yeah. And, and indeed, the physical harm which resulted from births which were often left them unable to bear children subsequently because yeah. of the conditions of their birth or inflicted severe pain and distress upon them unwarrantedly by the denial of medication, etc. This commission is living in fantasy lands. With due respect to the judge, I think that the greatest disappointment and, and the reason we're in this situation is a judge 30 years younger would have been a better choice, would not have shared the
0: cultural values that we seem to have informed this judge. They they don't seem to want to proportion proportion any blame, and um, they're talking. They, they go on constantly about society and societal issues. D- who, do you blame anybody? We'll have didn't... to arrest them as well. There's a famous Monty Python sketch,
2: you know, oh, when I know, yeah, yeah. Where he him yeah. he says society's to blame, and the policeman says, "Yeah, we'll be arresting them as well."
0: Mm. No, who's well, who, who whose fault blame. is it? Who I mean, who the, if the you were to, of, if you were to blame somebody, yeah. if you were writing this report. And you wanted to blame somebody, although the government, by the way, said the Catholic Church should respond with an apology as well. But who would you blame ultimately for this?
2: Ultimately, I would have to compare the actions of those wonderful lay people in the Legion of Mary and the Christianity they displayed with the politically motivated regime set up by church and state who shared a political ideology and wanted to punish and destroy this cohort of mothers, whereas their, their, their comparatively Christian cohort in Indonesia and Mary didn't do that. That's the acid test. So this is not down to the people of Ireland. This is down to a particular mindset which was developed by this particular ideology. Church and state linked with each other and they imposed it, first through the church and then from 1974 on, after that statement by Minister, Justice Minister Paddy Cooney, the
0: state enforced the same policy. So, that's I mean, what I would say. Absolutely. So, so th- this was a brainwashing of sorts or social conditioning of society by the state, by the church, the Catholic Church, that any woman who wasn't married, and particularly those who were younger and had a baby, uh, should be shunned by society and shamed. Shamed, punished,
2: attacked as a cohort, destroyed, wiped out, their babies taken, they had no rights to them, they would no rights. They, you know, the whole nine yards... And again, I say, compare that with, you know, maybe the fact that I was in the Legion of Mary. I, I'm not particularly religious, now, but I was in mm-hmm. the Legion of Mary. They're damn good people, they damn good work. You said a few prayers and all that, mostly you changed beds and stuff like that and helped run the hostels. And that was the true Christianity of Irish people as expressed by those individuals. So quit trying to blame this on the Irish people en masse as if they were all ignorant rubes. We were well, I, wearing- well
0: I, I think I gave a good analogy and I gave it earlier on when I was speaking to the Associated Press earlier on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it, it's an analogy about a pandemic, but, you know, if somebody comes up and tells you to put a mask on in a shop, you know, not that I would go into a shop without a mask, by the way, but if they did... I don't blame the person, I blame the, the people who told yeah. that person to behave like that and react like that towards other human beings. So in other words, you're, it's a social conditioning, it's all social conditioning. So people were told, parents were told by the, the local parish priests and the local teachers and everybody else that yes. this is the way you behave towards a young girl when she gets pregnant. Yeah,
2: and, and the bottom line is that legally what you have to do is apply the, the international standard. and That is, that there, there was, this was effectively genocide which was ongoing. But if the Irish government was still in power and were the Nazis, they'd be coming out with reports saying, no, they weren't actually concentration camps at all. They were... um the sanctuary camps we set up because there was a lot of prejudice against Jews and people like that you know in society so mm. that's why we set the camps up just to help them out give them somewhere to go Yeah, you see well, how what the, the lie is how it's,
0: well, I, well yeah. I, re- I always refer to them as baby factories because that's essentially what they were yes. you know and, 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 and the much. argument that they didn't get any money well they got paid by the state and they also got donations but well, they called it donations because I know my father paid for me, yep. uh, he gave a donation uh, at the time when I was adopted in 1960. Well, actually, 1964, I was actually adopted. I was born in 1963. So at the time, yep. I, and everybody was expected to give a donation. And listening to one of the the, the women today uh, document the time that she was there, and she said on a Sunday she would have to go and make the tea and get the biscuits for the couples that would come in on a Sunday after Mass to pick a baby. And I said it was almost like, you know, uh, you know going into a pet shop to pick a puppy. Uh, And she said, and you'd be, you know, making the tea and biscuits for them, hoping they wouldn't pick your baby. And I'm like, how can you even uh, contemplate this? You know what I mean? She said, Boys boys will be on one side, girls will be on the other side, and they'll be all looking nice, pretty. You know?
2: I I, I used the Nuremberg analogy before, but not lightening the tone, but like, what's the difference between Long Kesh and a mother and baby home? Well, one is a place for dangerous enemies of the state, and the other is up in Northern Ireland. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, at least in in Long Kesh, you you got to come out. But of course, many were never the same again. But while we were getting worked up about the infringement of human rights, of locking individuals up and inflicting such harm upon them without due cause or legal cause, we were routinely doing this to women, routinely, without any give by or leave by anybody and nobody getting worked up about the human rights of it all until here we are in 2020 and we're still not facing up to it so this was their long cash and for them it wasn't just a question of losing a body or losing an arm you can bolt on a, a new leg but you can't bolt on a wooden baby
0: and you know no I, when, when I when I look at some of the women that I've seen more recently talking about women's rights a lot of the famous feminists at the moment uh, who sometimes I have the odd argument with every now and again and yeah. and over the last three or four years, over different issues, they'd be on TV, they'd be on Twitter, they'd be going viral with different things. outraged, outraged. and yet I'm asking, where are they today? Why am Why aren't they standing up for the women's these women's rights? And this wasn't. We talk about this like it was a hundred years ago. This was only, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. I mean, this, it's not like in the long distant past. I mean, this is only fairly recently that we treated women in Ireland like this just because they were a subsection of women who happened to get pregnant and not be married at the time. It's crazy. Yeah. So where, are, they, where a, are these women standing well, they up for their the rights there today?
2: For us. They weren't there for us. They haven't been there for, for the First Mother's Organisation down the years. Irish Feminine... Well, why aren't they on different. Twitter?
0: Why aren't they trending on Twitter at the moment, outraged by this report from the government? That it doesn't do enough for Irish women. I I don't
2: see it. I don't know whether it's a class issue or something. Uh, Maybe uh, that's part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Or perhaps it is also that uh, people don't want to fit. You see, the thing is that with all due respect, again, to Judge Yvonne Murphy, she comes from a class which got these babies preponderantly and more than they deserved because they were relatively well healed And that was the criteria. And essentially, this was a movement of children from the disadvantaged to the advantaged, and so that advantage set, <clears throat> they don't want two things. Mm-hmm. They don't want their adopted children going looking for their origins, you know, in many cases, because, again, the Irish tendency to just leave alone alone, say nothing, leave it all in the dark. And they also definitely don't want voices from the past showing up knocking on the door. And also they all do not wish to acknowledge that much as they may have acted in good motives and good hearts in attempting to help and to get this infant and give it a home. And much as they did love and care for these infants, that all that happiness and shared joy came at the cost of the destruction in many cases of other people's lives people who never went on to have children again. They were so badly hurt and damaged by what had happened to them. This is the dark side of adoption that we don't want to face up to, the cost of it. And it is hiding from that dark side that motivates this blindness that's in the report and that seems so outrageous to those of us who are looking out from the
0: outside and yeah, going, of course,
2: yeah. I be where these people in when they did these interviews, who did they speak to? Because it doesn't reflect, the reality that's been reported in Irish media and that we in our interviews and and, and chats and discussions with the mothers know the horrors of what they went through are not reflected in this
0: report. No, they're not. And, and again, most people have, have been listening to the show over the last two days. They've heard those horrors. But listen, I, I wish you well, Fintan, and keep up the good work. Fintan Thank Dunn you. is a spokesperson for Irish First Mothers. Thank you very much, Lee, for joining us on the show. I want to take your comments as well in relation to this, by the way. And I don't, I don't expect all the listeners have read the full 3,000-page report, by the way. But I've given you the general gist of it. Fintan's given you the general gist of what's in the report. There's not much else in it, to be honest with you. It does give Dr. Uh, documented accounts by many women of what happened. And, you know, it gives you facts and figures about how many died in each individual place at the 18 institutions that were covered under the investigation. But generally speaking, it doesn't go into much more detail than that. Um, And it just basically gives a summary. But the main part of it, the gist of it is that it says, it states that there is no evidence of systematic abuse and no evidence of systematic forced adoptions. That's not what we've heard from people who've been in those places. That's not what we've heard. And I know for a fact because my own birth mother told me so. So that's not what we've heard. So how can the state tomorrow, and Micheál Martin will apologise tomorrow on behalf of the state to the women and the children who were born in mother and baby homes, but how can the state apologise for something that they don't fully acknowledge? There's no blame for being proportioned really on anybody they have asked the Catholic Church to apologise for its role and its part in the way these mothers may have been treated in the homes. But nobody is accepting the blame or nobody's getting the blame for as to why these girls ended up and these women ended up in these homes and why they couldn't just have their babies. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Who would you blame? Marion, you're on Classic Kids. Adrian, Marion?
1: How are you? Happy to be speaking to
0: you in the while. Yeah, where have you been, Marion? I've been missing... <laughs> You've been MIA, have you?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it.
0: Why are you are you on manoeuvres or something? Are you do? Are you up to something?
1: Ooh, I can't say on air.
0: Oh, stop, Marion. Don't tell me you're in love.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no comment.
0: <laughs> so, Marion. Okay. On okay, a more serious note, getting back to this report, did you read any of the report or just what I suppose just what's in, been in the papers in the news is probably what you saw. I,
1: ha- I um, you know, I prefer to actually get down to the report itself and will say to you, I have not read it. Right. Yeah. I will say that. I, no, well, I, ex- I
0: don't expect anybody to really have read the whole report yet.
1: Well, good luck to you in trying to. Yeah, you are right there. Um, but I have been reading articles in the newspapers. Now, what I was saying to Ashley there was like back in the thirties, I my my grand aunt gave birth to an illegitimate son, but she was not forced to put that child up for adoption because the family stood by her. And back in the late sixties, um. Two of our nieces, two of my dad's first cousins, another two first cousins, they became pregnant outside wedlock, and um, another grand-aunt. Um, the option of adoption was put forward by the GP, mm-hmm. but they weren't forced to put the child up for adoption. Again, they were the children themselves. They wouldn't actually be much older than me, and we all knew at the age of nine and ten that they were the, um, you know...
0: Well, I mean, Ma- Marion, I, I wanted married. to say something. Sorry, I don't have an issue, say, in 1940 or 1950 or 60 or 70 of a young girl who wasn't married, who got pregnant, goes to a GP, her mum and dad talk to her, and they give her the option of abortion, uh, or not abortion, adoption, should I say, give her the option of adoption, and but the family are in his position whereby if she doesn't want to put the child up for adoption, that they can help to support the child. Now we didn't have a yeah, social welfare yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I don't have an issue with that. That's, that's, con- that's informed consent. That's fine. Because, you mm. know, adoption mm. can be a good thing too. I mean, look, I was adopted for God's sake. So adoption can be a good thing. You know what I mean? It
1: can be because, um, you, like, you even we had used somebody on earlier um, where somebody could go on to live a successful life. Absolutely. What I'm saying to you... But as, lo- as long a as that- the
0: person who gave the child up for adoption hadn't uh, had another option. Uh, yeah, you know, there was I mean? no I mean, coercion. Yeah, there was no coercion. You. Or, you know, they, they weren't uh, pushed into it by society or by the church or by the state.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying to you, that didn't happen on my dad's side of the family anyway. Mm. You yeah. was always stand by them. And I suppose I, nobody went into much detail of the peer pressure at the time or of who said what, I don't know. I'm sure there was the gossip, you know, yeah. there always would be, but they didn't, they, they stood up to it so at a time where it was unusual.
0: Yeah. I so mean, um, I mean, what was happening in, you know, when we talk about the mother and baby homes was it was a case of, you know, young Mary, 17 years of age, gets pregnant. Yeah and the family are upset because she's pregnant because they're a Christian family, and the parish priest is kind of saying to the mam and dad, no, no, young Mary's pregnant. Oh, Jesus, God bless her. You can't have that. Uh, let me look after that for you now, and I'll send her off up to Dunboyne, and as we heard from somebody today, a 15-year-old put on a bus, sent into town to meet a nun who brought her to Dunboyne, have her baby. You know, you're not to go home with your baby now. You know that, don't you? Your parents have already told you this. We have to take the baby now. Just sign here. You know, sixteen yeah, years yeah, of age, yeah, signing yeah. a form—that's not informed consent.
1: No, it's not either. But I, I'm just saying to you at that time. Now, I do know of a case where there was a Mary, seventeen, and um, unfortunately, her mother was a deserted mother, and um, the father had abandoned, had a second family in the UK, and there wouldn't there would have been a financial problem there. Mm-hmm. So she she ended up putting the child up for adoption, but, but she went on to marry the father and they reunited with the. The, the adoptee and apparently in the same county as well she was reared but um, there was that kind of situation where there was financial strain
0: See, but yeah, but the, um, yeah but the constitution let these women down because according to the constitution of Ireland no woman should have to go to work to facilitate raising a child. Yeah. So the constitution let these women down. These women, we we did bring in a social welfare system, you know, not eventually. Long after. Yeah, eventually now that, this that, at that the time helped where support no women. No
1: social welfare for deserted wives either. Yeah, but there was no hap, know, there was no haps
0: scheme for them to get rent for a house or you know, there was no, 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 no single no, parent income. All this, so there was there was yeah. no support system there unless the parents had money. There were stupid. no. Now I
1: will tell you, my, my great grandparents had not got money. Mm.
0: Well, well, unless they were willing to take on the extra added cost of having a baby in the house, that's the point. Oh, did did right? yeah. d- that's,
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, they didn't. Yeah, and a so lot. By the way,
0: can I, mean, I say a lot of women did this when you go back in time? I remember there was two lads on Air Road, and the sister had had a baby very young, and not going to mother and baby home. Instead said that what that would happen is their mother or you know their or uncle would Aunt
1: adopt Aunt the, Aunt the child, like that. Yes,
0: yeah. and, um, that, and we, nobody would be done the wiser.
1: I'll tell you a story. Um, my grandmother, on, my maternal grandmother, was to learn in her 60s. Somebody she'd known in her entire life was actually her first cousin.
0: Mm, right, yeah.
1: And it turned out... Well, that was that quite common. common. And
0: again, that's to do with the shame, because, you know, it was shameful for this young girl to have a child. But do be fair, stay, stay there for a second, because I want to go to Padraig as well. Padraig, you're on Classic Kids. How are Greetings, Mr Boylan. Greetings, Padraig. How are you? Oh, how's your COVID, by the way? Because you did get the COVID. How are you now?
3: Uh, so, like I said, Niall, you couldn't kill a bad thing. Sail through it.
0: Yeah, walk uh, in the park. Was it? Was it to Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, be honest with you. I've had worse flus, Niall.
0: Okay, so it was okay. So you had bad cold symptoms.
3: You, no, I, I just had a fever for three days. I was in a scratcher for three days. Not a bother on me now for the last seven.
0: Well, I'm glad you uh, recovered.
3: The, well, thanks very much. The stats are over seventy underlying issues. Ninety percent of people are, are are dying from it. Let's get the stats correct. You know?
0: Well, it's not even that high, but why don't you, yeah, I think not that yes, statistic right, was anyway, correct. 19, there, anyway.
3: I had other family members that got it, my sister and family, they're all, all very well, and they, they said likewise symptoms, they've had worse flu. So anyway, meantime, back at the ranch now.
0: Yes, okay. Well, for, for most people, that is the case, uh, uh, thankfully, yeah. but for some people, unfortunately not. Okay, but so, okay, getting back to this particular story. I, I'm assuming you haven't read the report. I'm assuming most people haven't read the full 3,000-page report, but you've been watching the news and you've been hearing about it today, so what's what's your feelings on
3: it? Yeah, no, no, Jesus, life's too short for that, Niall. But look, you have to... Look, first of all, obviously Ireland was a different place, and I, I think, to a certain extent, Niall, you have been a bit disingenuous because most of this was instigated by the families. The, the priests, the church per se, nurses, nuns, didn't come into people's houses, dragged their daughter, pregnant daughters away. The, it was instigated by the families because of the shame. It was taboo. We all know it was a stigma to have a child outside marriage.
0: But who put that? Who put that blame? That stigma? yeah. I mean, who who well, created think, that stigma? Well,
3: well there, was, there was a lot of taboos, as you know. That was one of them. But at the end of the day, now a lot of this was. was and so, by the
0: way, by the way, but there was cases where parish priest we would talk to a woman yesterday, who then the parish priest and the local teacher uh, come down to the house. And advised the parents that she should send her to Dunboyne. So there, no, wa- there was cases of parish priests knocking on sure, doors.
3: I'm sure there was, Nile, but they would be in the minority. I'm telling you, the majority of these cases was instigated by the family. Yes, because, I'm, uh, because, I'm agreeing with
0: you. I'm agreeing because, with you, but 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 I am coming back to why the families did this. So normal, you know, men and women of society at that time felt it was wrong for a young girl to get pregnant without being married because then, of course, we had the old shotgun weddings and I'm sure you remember them. If somebody got, mar- if somebody got pregnant, immediately you better marry her, right? And, yeah. But the reason was, why, was the, why did they feel it? Why did society feel like that? Because the church told them to feel like that because this was a sinful act. Should those young girls, they wouldn't be allowed into a church at the time.
3: Uh, exactly, Niall. Uh, uh, you're probably aware of this as well. Even married women back then, if they had a child, they had to, had to be churched. Do you ever hear that?
0: Married women had to be churched? It was a thing called being yes, churched.
1: There was something, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, what what, 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 what did, did that mean? Again, uh, what it mean? Especially if the blessing uh, what, outside, died, or I, I, don't well, I, I don't know. There was something like that, all right. Well, well, okay, I well, know, t- go I'll ahead, Padre. I'll
3: tell you what it meant. It meant that they were deemed to be unclean, and they had to be churched. And uh, this has only gone back to the 70s now. I think this died out. But look... If they died out. one of And when you, when you say... Oh,
0: no, I'm just curious now. When you say they had to be church, what, they had to make a visit to a priest to be blessed or something like that? They,
3: they, they had to go to church because uh, and, and, the sexual act, act, per se, was deemed to be unclean.
0: Oh, right, okay.
3: So I, I'm, I'm really educating you tonight, Niall. Yeah. But listen... Jeez, it's a wild getting world, it? Was, mm. Getting back to what I was saying, Niall, dude, a lot of these people... Look, I, look, another another aspect here now. A lot of this is really pointless because a lot of people are instigated. All this, they're all dead and gone. So I'm yeah. The, yeah, but that's not the point. Well,
1: it is, but that, but that but I
0: mean, he has... No, no but ha- hang on, hang on. A lot of the, the people, the women who had these children, they're not dead and gone. A lot of them are still alive. We've spoken to wow. them on the phone over the last... I, I mean, well, Patrick, well, we, we, well. when we talk about things that were wrong, like the fellow who went to Kilmainham jail for robbing three apples, right? You know, but there's no point in us talking about that now. It's 120 years ago, right? But when we talk about this, this only finished in 1998. Correct,
3: from 22 to 98. Yes. Yeah, so, no, it, so it, what I'm saying, it, it's, it's it, not, it's no, not like... On. It's
0: only a couple of decades ago, you know what I mean? Oh, oh,
3: hold on. You took me up wrong. I said, the perpetrators are all dead. So what's the point in going down the road with a, for a witch hunt? I, I, I'm aware a lot of the people that were born in these are still alive. They've been all over the media. There was a man on, on Joe Duffy today. He said, we should take all the land off the church. I'm saying, Niall, that it was mainly lay people. their families that put these, these, these girls, mainly girls, into these, into these homes because of the perception of shame and what the neighbours might say, Niall. That's the truth of it.
0: Well we'll we'll hang we'll hang on we'll hang on both of you. Stay there for a second because I want to go to Anna Corrigan as well. Anna, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Anna? Oh hang on Anna. I need to just switch on your line there. Sorry, Anna. Go ahead.
4: How
0: are you? You have you been listening to what Patrick and Marion were saying there? I mean
4: No, I haven't. I, I switched off about an hour ago because I spent all day with interviews and uh, nonsense webinars. Okay, well the, the
0: last time I spoke to you, of course, the report wasn't out. Now the report is out. Um, you know, I mean, how do you feel about the report?
4: Well, I mean, now it's 3,000 pages, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. I'm still trying to digest the nonsense that came out in the webinar today mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with the teen shock and the allocation of blame and the bouncing it back well, there on is the no, Well,
0: there is no blame in the report, really.
4: No, 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 They're, they're bouncing it back onto the families. And they're bouncing well, that's, back yeah, onto yeah, that's onto what the it is. People. And
0: Padraig, who's just been on to a second ago there, and he's still there, actually, He's what he's saying is as much as it was wrong he said and the shame was all wrong but he said you know he's saying that unfortunately what the report is suggesting that it was a societal issue he agrees with I don't personally agree with that because I believe that societal issue was created by a state and by a church listen uh,
4: no, we lived in we lived in clerical fascism right I, I can't put a better word in it because I'm not, I'm not a historian
0: right
4: mm-hmm. moved from British rule to uh, Roman Catholic rule right And that's the position we were left in. And they were more intrusive into our lives, I'd say, in a personal level, on our sexual level, on our moral level, and on our Catholic level. Um, So if you stepped outside those boundaries, you were automatically ostracized from the society. Um, So the allocation of blame here, I find very wrong being shifted back onto the families. Because the family lives in abject, fear and terror, you were disclaimed from the pulpit, you might be refused to go into the local shop, you were ostracised by your community. My mother told me, never told me anything about her life, but told me that people lived in more fear of the priest than they did of the uh, local policeman. So that, that was the society we lived in. So if you lived in that society, you confirmed that society, you looked at Russia, you look at Germany, this is what happened you followed the rules, right? If you were told, take your child out of this community. She's a shame and a shock. You've done it. You didn't question it. It was done for the protection of the rest of the family. You knew no better. And, and, I, and not just, and not
0: just. by the way, not just the rest of the family, but if you lived in a small rural village in yes, Ireland, it was done for the protection mean, of the village too, because you didn't want that shame being brought on the town.
4: Yeah, And I mean, the, the question is here now, what we're dealing with here at the moment is not who put them in. I've had this debate with people before. Okay, park that to one side for the moment. This is about what happened to the women when they went in those doors. When the doors were closed, what happened to them inside there? All their human rights were stripped away, now, And they were subject to a regime that was was almost similar to... it, 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 It was Ireland's Holocaust. If you were in a migrant home, your hair was cut off, your name was taken away. The same in the mother and baby homes, your clothes were taken away. Were um, and what
0: about, what about the part of the report that refers to that? And it says, and I'm, I'm just reading from the report here. In terms of abuse, the report states that the commission did not hear any evidence of sexual abuse of child residents, but did hear some evidence, they kind of minimised it here, of physical abuse, which, while unacceptable, was minor in comparison to the evidence of physical abuse documented in the Ryan Report. So,
4: you can't. Uh, you can't. You can't do it. You can't put the, You can't put abuse on
0: a scale. No, I, I, I would, and this is what I said earlier on when I was talking to Finton, uh, that you know we decided three or three years ago to bring in legislation for domestic abuse, for coercive control, uh, financial abuse, etc., etc. That that abuse yeah, was not always about physically hitting people.
4: Yes, yes. Yes. And how do we know there wasn't sexual abuse? You have children under five years of age in there with repressed memories. And who knows what they didn't know? Did did the commission provide them with any form of psychological help before they ever went in to give their testimony to see was there any repressed memories? These people went in. They were totally traumatised. When they went into commission, they were further traumatised and then they were told, please collect your bus fare on the way out. Thank you very much, and we will put that in the report. Now, I haven't started to look at the report, but I I just said to Ashling there, I've opened the page on June. And it, it's quite an extensive document. I mean, it is three thousand pages, pages. Yeah, three thousand pages. Even even in academia, is is a tome, right? So you start to look at this. I've just looked a little bit around Hume. I'm just trying to unwind after the day that was, because um, and I, I've just looked at Hume and and it, it, just from a scan read, it, it, there doesn't appear to be any records. Well, I know for a fact that in 2012, the nuns handed over the record to the HSA as part of the Magdalen Home Inquiry. And I have paperwork here that states there was possible illegal and criminal activities in June. And there was possible interference with birth and death certificates. And there was letters from senior church officials looking for children to be made available for adoption with or without consent of the mother. There was a box of a thousand files found that related to adoptions, but it couldn't be at that stage. They didn't know whether they related to the Magdalen Home in Galway. And they, mm-hmm. they oh, they, and they, they relate.
0: and they—they said the same thing about uh, Saint Patrick's, or no, so about Bessborough Castle, Pollard, and Sean Ross. They said the burials of children who died in the three Sacred Heart homes are not recorded at all. More importantly, there is no certainty about where they are actually buried. Uh, the commission previously under the
4: Mater- under the maternity homes act. Every child that died in that home had to be notified to the local health service or the county council or whoever. Well it he seems
0: they weren't recording. recorded.
4: But they were they, they had to be they had to be notified within twenty four hours by registered post to the control and entity that paid the money, right? So they do have records. But, but Anna,
0: I yeah, but when you say they have records, I asked Saint Patrick's home for my records going back many years ago and all I got was three little bits of flimsy little bits of handwritten paper. Um, and with, with a good bit of print on it there's not very much I put a piece of it up on Twitter there yesterday just to show people so it was very little they, see, they seem to be very bad at keeping records oh, and no, maybe no. that was intentional by the way
4: no 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 uh, there, there was one man I know from June and for 25 years he received an A4 page of his records he was called in two months ago and he fell off the chair almost with the amount of information that they gave him he had to come in on, on, on a second day for part two
0: so you, so do you, do you think if I went looking for more information about my birth that I would get it?
4: Yes, because when I, when I applied initially for my records, I applied through, through Bernardo's. And Bernardo's was sent a complete record in 2012 from what was then the, the HSC Child and Family Agency, mm-hmm. plan or whatever. And uh, they said, this is all the paperwork we have. I reapplied again in 2012.
0: Where, where, is, where is all the paperwork for, say, St. Patrick's at the moment? Is that in Nexus House?
4: you can you can actually go online you can go you can you can go on that you can go onto the tulsa mm-hmm. site and it will actually show you where the records are held for the particular institution Now the ones for galway are held in the Tusla offices in galway i wrote again in 2016 and despite the fact that they told me that they had supplied everything to bernardo's in 2012 i re- I, I received three extra pieces of paper so I don't believe a word of anything
0: they say. But they also say in the report too for people, I was lucky by the way that I got a beginner when I rang looking for my birth certificate going back about 10 years ago which for the first time in 50 years I actually got my, birth, my proper birth certificate. Only because I ordered one online. A little trick for people: if you want to do it, I ordered one online. They gave me the they gave me the, the the short form birth certificate or the adoption certificate, and I rang them up and I said, "That's not what I ordered. I paid you for my proper long form birth certificate." And the guy said, "Oh, sorry, I'm new here. Uh, what what's the name again?" And I gave him my mother's my birth mother's name, not my mother's mother's name, if you know what I mean. And he went, "Oh yeah, I see, I see it here." I said, "Yeah, I will send that out to you." And he stupidly he sent it. No, he's not supposed to do that, but he sent it out to me. But the government are saying in this report that they they may have to have a referendum to allow uh, adoptees from the homes to get their birth certificates.
4: Listen, go up to the General Registration Office in Werberham Street. If you have an inkling of what year you were born, take down the booth of the year that you were born. If you happen to know your birth name, just go through it. It's divided into four sections, three months, three months, three months, three months. Go through it, uh, check up St. Patrick's, and pay four euro and pull that cert, right? And it will actually
0: give you your birth certificate. Your
4: proper long-form birth certificate.
0: Yeah, it won't give you the, it can give you the
4: entry in the ledger. Well, but look, I have to
0: go into a break, and It's been lovely speaking to you again, and and I, I hope you get a chance to go through it. I uh, just, just
4: a chance to get a sleep on the I know, well, I know. Yeah. Day. I, but I
0: just finally, last question for you, just before you go. Do you believe that the Taoiseach should delay the apology tomorrow? To give-
4: course he, of course he should. We haven't had time to digest. People are still apoplectic, and I'm apoplectic about what came out today—a complete, a complete whitewash—and I haven't even read the report yet. And then to come along with this government action plan—I
0: saw that, Jim. Seen- yeah called
4: yeah. Wallop in all my life you could have brought the people in initially sat them down the table said okay you were in a home here's 40,000 Now, would, would that help you in some way Right?" Well, but they, according
0: to the report today it doesn't look like they want to pay anybody unless they've been physically okay, abused no, 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 but I'm talking yeah. about the
4: millions, the millions they spent on the commission instead of just saying you could, you, what they've done you could have just said to somebody come in you were in a home just show me your, your time you were in there okay here's 40,000 and go away this is absolute whitewash. Cod, cod, okay. Cod, cod, now I
0: know I get you. In other words, you can't apologise for something if you don't acknowledge that something actually went wrong in the first place.
4: And we and haven't I have read the report. to yeah. actually correct, correct the errors in it because I know from the scan reading, and it was only a scan reading at TUM. I know that this is not all inclusive of what actually happened in Tune.
0: Okay. Well, listen. Thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air, Anna Corrigan. Who's the TUM uh, baby fam? Oh, sorry, I must forget the name of the organisation. Do apologise, Anna. Uh, thank you, for, thank you very much. Because I, I, I like yourself, I've been reading stuff all day, Anna, and it's just gone. It's going at this stage now. I'm just, I'm working on automatic. Uh, yeah. Listen, thank you very much, Nina. Bye I appreciate good. you coming on here. Bye okay, bye. 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 Uh, all right, uh, the Tune Babies Family Hour, uh, Support Group. There, that she, she runs and she's been on with us many times. And a wonderful lady, a wonderful lady. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Nile Boylan Show.
4: Classic hits.